Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome to it on a Tuesday. Old school, 937 ticket. 402-464-5685 is the Sarda Hamer text line. You want to add to the show. And I, 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 I'm going to be very specific today with this. You want to add to the show. Hit us with a what's up. Say what's up. If, you haven't been, if we haven't been introduced, introduce yourself. <laughs> we not just go yell at each other. Introduce yourself. I'm DP. That's Jay Foreman, Nathan Brennan. Introduce yourself. Hit us with a what's up, and we'll get into a conversation as we do what we do. You also can call the Honda Lincoln Hideout if you choose to do so. Same rules apply. Call in, say what's up, introduce yourself, and let's have a conversation. Uh, the Sarda Hamer Live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter Live, so you can follow and get to it and get to what's going on. Jay Foreman, let them know. Husker Hall of Famer about the Mercado. The Mercado, the retail store and butcher shop featuring fresh, hand-cut, certified Piedmontese beef and their unique ingredients that you can season your meat with or taste their meat. Uh, they have a uh, dessert menu and uh, uh, after they have a dessert shop, and they have a full-fledged butcher shop, 84th and Havelock. Good atmosphere, great service, phenomenal food. You got to go get it. Got to go get it. Nathan, have you had the big meal upstairs over there? Uh, what's that? At the Mercado. Have you gone upstairs to the restaurant? I've not, but I've had their burgers a few times, and they're amazing. Even though I guess I don't season it correctly, but that's more <laughs> that's that's more Jay's issue with me. But the burgers are fantastic. I definitely recommend. We them. need to get you need to go upstairs. Right. And you got to book in advance because it's a popular restaurant. So usually their reservation list is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like getting to Fort Knox over there. You got to do. You got to go early. Plan ahead. Next big holiday or anniversary, birthday, or whatever, do it like a month in advance. Right. So you can get up in there, all go right. upstairs. Great ambiance, great service, great stuff way all the way around. So uh, that's the Mercado. If you haven't been there, get out there. Uh, it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. Uh, Jay Foreman, first take of the day, kind sir. Uh, the interim head coach of Nebraska football, Mickey Joseph. What, what, What's the vibe for you? Uh, I mean, I think, I mean, it's, I don't really have a, I guess, a, a, you know, a a vibe or whatever. I just think that, uh, you know, he's, he's the coach. I'm gonna support him. Like, you know, he's the head coach. You know, I don't really look him, look at him as the interim. I mean, I know that's technically, technically what his, uh, you know, title is, Mm -hmm. but he's a head coach. He's going to operate as such. I'll respect him as such support him as such and cheer for him as such and then uh you know go from there i mean i know it's a big it's a unique situation to go you know from you know assistant or associate head coach to head coach and seems like a matter of less than 24 hours but you know i think mickey's 
you know, is built for it. He's a, he's a, you know, he's a big, you know, he's, he's, he's a big man. He, he can handle it. He's got broad shoulders and, uh, you know, he's going to, you know, do his, do the best he can do. And like I said, the, the talent on the team, in my opinion, didn't leave. I think the, um, the quarterback, the the running backs that have been playing well, everybody has kind of been playing well, and you've seen them whether it's short and in long spurts, they're still on the team. Um, this isn't like you know this happened in the off season. Then you know like when uh, Lincoln Riley left to go to USC, and then you you know like uh, Brett Venables showed up and the roster was somewhat depleted. You know what I mean? So you're in the season now. You just got to kind of look towards uh, you know this is going to be a big week for special teams because um, Oklahoma will test you um in the return game you know so our coverage unit's got to be on point and we got to you know find a way to start uh getting some you know making some money on our return game and then the defense needs to you know get back to playing you know somewhat of a consistent football and so forth and so on so again this isn't i don't look at oklahoma as like some team that we can't beat you know um yes the they i'd probably say they have somewhat of an advantage if you just took the advantage meter at the beginning of the week, you know, because of the transition, you know, from, you know, losing a game that you had no business losing Georgia Southern. Next day you get a new, you know, you know, I guess head coach, interim head coach. And then the first practice today. So maybe Oklahoma is like, I'd say, a, you know, a step or two ahead. But I think um, the, the, you know, these coaches and players can make up that, that, you know, distance in, in no time, you know, because I think a lot of the, you know, the issues that they've had on offense as well has been self you know, induce, you know, like when you have an offensive lineman, you know, that, you know, goes 0 for 3 in one play as far as missing a block on anybody, you know, those are the things that you can correct. You know, it doesn't, you don't see the plays anymore where they don't look like where they were going. Now you got to get them going in the right direction with the right technique, the right fundamentals, the right leverage, the right explosiveness, so forth and so on. So um, that can, that's all correctable. Now, will it be, you know, the, Emmett Smith, Dallas Cowboys offensive line? No, but you need to be the offensive line that continues along the process, which they have been making steps. You know, instead of baby steps, let's take some, you know, middle-aged kid steps and, and make, you know, big, big, you know, big steps because, you know, I think they can perform well against Oklahoma, um, you know, offensively. I think defensively we can. I think a lot of the things that hurt are hurting them defensively are, are very, very simple. Give, give us a breakdown on what of those things are that need to be addressed between now and Saturday. Well, I mean, it's alignment, assignment, aggressive, you know, the, you know, triple A, um, playing football. Like too many times you see, you know, there's a big, there's a, that picture of the big hole against Northwestern. Right. And it must have, it was on the offense's right side, defense's left. Well, 68 was only supposed to obviously block one person. But you had two guys in the same gap. That's how that's how holes get that big. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, unless somebody just gets obliterated, which can happen, right? But when they're that big at the point of attack, then somebody went the wrong way. So those are the type of things that they can control. Um, now you can solve that by you know peeling it back and make you know go with simplicity, um, which then can turn you to be more aggressive. You can switch up some fronts. You can be a little bit more savvy in how you align and when your pre-snap and your pre-snap looks and your, you know, I guess during the snap, you know, play. Um, there's plenty of things you can do to it. And then it comes to tackling. Tackling, you got to know the why you're doing things and, and how is like a, a big deal. 
I'd like to see some more reroutes, you know, um, by the for the, you know, whether it's a nickel player, outside linebacker, inside linebacker against, you know, tight ends, you know, number two receivers or anything like that, or even if they try to get you with a bootleg to the flat, you know, can we get our hands on him? Get you know, get get him out of the route and then get into our late rush, you know, so. Um, cause I don't think uh, Oklahoma's quarterback is a tremendous run threat. Um, and plus if you start rat-a-tat-tatting him, he's going to slow down a little bit. So I, I'm looking forward to defense to getting back to playing faster. Um, and I think they can do that if the, if the confusion meter is, is, is down a little bit. So, um, I'm, I'm, I always feel like, you know, during a season like this or during a time like this, you know, let's get into this thing and let's try to figure out how we can figure it out. We already, we can't go back and change the the three games that you play like booty, right? We got to recognize it, but let's fix it. Um, now that doesn't mean that we're going to be, you know, I'm, you know, it's going to be pom poms. I'm going to, I'm going to keep it real with you because I care about you, but I, but I can do that. Contrary to what people think I can do that or have done that because they know I care about them and they know that, I know what I'm talking about. So I think it, it's it's things that are fixable. And, um, you know, I think they just need to, you know, get together and just, you know, I'd like to see like the – you can't say the 11 starters, but just say if they have 20 guys that kind of play. Who, right? who, whoever those rotational guys just are. Just say 21 mm-hmm. or 22 mm-hmm. is the first. I'd like to get them – I'd like to see them get together on, on their own, not somebody saying to do it, and having a – I guess, you know, these quote-unquote closed-door meetings, not to go at each other. If there's anything that you don't feel good about, get it out. But then let's say, then I would like to see them say, or, you know, kind of get together and say, okay, this is what we are going to do. I keep emphasizing we. 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 We over me. Right. That, that, and, that, um, that's in every great program. In every great program. Right, because, you know, very easily this might be a game – that the defense kind of gets in, the, you know, out of their own way and is playing good, and Oklahoma's defense is humming, so the fingers can't be pointed just because you, you know, duke it in your diapers last week. Now you got to step up for this team because we need to win. You get what I'm saying? So the, it, it can't be like, oh, well, we played good, you know, or the defense played good, and you guys lost the game. This is a we type of season. You got nine games, and this is a unique situation. Whereas if, if these guys really, really, you know, if the leadership is what it is, or say they say it is, let me see it, because this is nine games and the schedule hasn't changed. This is the greatest thing about it. Like, it's not like this is an off season and you're now you got Ohio State, Michigan, then you got a you know, bye week, then you play Michigan State, Minnesota, end with Iowa to end the season. You know, you're right you're only a you know, a quarter into the season, you got three quarters of the season left and you got nine games. Nobody, nobody would have been, right nobody would have been surprised at the beginning of the season if somebody said, "Okay, this team's going to win eight games, or nine games, or whatever the number was," and they come into game four at two and one. You're just a game behind schedule, based on what the recent tendencies have been. And I think a lot of people would have walked in and said, "Okay, you have you had the opportunity to be two and two or three and one after uh, after Oklahoma." So all that's still in play. All of that's still in play. Sitting down at the stadium today and talking to players away from the masses, right? 
You know those those in car conversations. My my dad used to say the things right. that we talk about at practice, but the things we talk about in the car. And in those in the car conversations, to a player, to a player, they all had their chest out and their chin up. They all walked with a little bit. Um, I don't think I'm talking out of out, out of school by saying that. Uh, you know, the idea that they got out of practice on time. They actually got the work that was done on time and finished on time. Like, and they felt good about the work that they put in. Yeah, well, see, the thing is, is they, uh, you know, I think, like, people always, you know, I don't know, I would say people, but just I'd say, like, they, there was this weird, like, notion out there that you couldn't, like, hit in practice i mean this is the i mean it, i'd be sitting there looking at it like this is a, and i don't like using these it, but it's the dumbest thing i've ever heard in my life right because i try to I, well football i try I always try to look at it very simple first before it gets complex because if you look at it in a at a complex view then you miss all the simplicity of it it's like okay it's like you play football you wear pads the pads are for protection right so with those pads, you're actually supposed to hit people, get off blocks, get your body kind of like used to that type of rigors or whatever. But then you don't practice it. And then it was like your only practice is in front of 90,000 people. Like, no, it's like backwards, right? You're supposed to – it's like showing up at Augusta, Georgia and like, all right, man, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to go to the driving range for a little while. Well, it's like you practicing without using your driver. <laughs> or no, you just you know what you did was like I'm just going to the driving range. Yeah. Because they got a driving range at Augusta, but you know what? They got a golf course out there that's going to punch you in your face. So I don't need no practice. Right <laughs> they seem to to, to to it's the the entire team coming out. But they seem to have confidence that may or may not have been there a week ago. Yeah. I think some of us I mean Look, you can say all this. I mean, it's you know. Look, man. At the end of the day, you know, the coach you know just got fired. You, you know, you kind of want don't want to say too much because then it's like you're you know. I'm not never want now. That I got my feelings or whatever, but I'm not. I'm I'm still not going to be one to pile on and stomp on somebody when they're dead. That's but, not but, that's not a frost on. thing. That's on, a that's a right now today thing. I know, but it is though. Because when, because when, because the okay, defensively, how they operated last year, regardless of those guys who was there or not, is totally different. Because when they, I know for a fact, when they stepped on the field, the confidence was there. the The confidence that was exuded was a was a conscious effort. Okay. Right. Be, and they played like it. Okay. Right. So, yeah, and that, that's it. And you kind of like embody what you're doing. Like you look, the, you know, it's a, it's like a fresh start for them where they actually put in like hard work and they like okay this is maybe it's like a little bit of nostalgia this is like a, i'm sure they came from high school practices that were hard right or they at that time they thought was hard you get what i'm saying mm -hmm. so it kind of brought them back like man i was actually playing football today i was actually playing football today and maybe that's it or maybe it's not or maybe it's just the new nuances of they know that they gotta you know prove themselves over and then you know what maybe some guys are getting a chance to you know really prove themselves that's kind of been on the kind of backbone back burner and so forth and so on so i think you know right now for this situation i think you know mickey will get the job done and he'll make the most of it and, and the team and it's up to the team and the leadership and the the 
the players that have been all over the, you know, these like little pamphlets or whatever, it's time for them to step up, especially on the defensive side. Through, through this morning and gone through and talking to Oklahoma media, uh, talking to their football writers and such, uh, the stories out of out of Norman have been this: that this is a defensive driven team. Yep. This this Sooners team is playing well defensively. Uh, that they're giving up fewer, they're making fewer mistakes than they made. Uh, they still have tackling issues. They still have open space tackling issues. They still have some uh, misidentification of schemes, just like new teams will often do. Uh, they're not happy or satisfied with their quarterback. They're not happy or satisfied with the offensive play calling. They're not. They talk worse about their offensive line than Nebraska fans have talked about theirs. So Oklahoma doesn't come into Lincoln with, with, a, with a shiny tiara, tiara and being carried on the shoulders of all men. They've got their own issues to deal with. Kent State had them scoreless before the final drive in the first half. Like this was – their fans were booing and they were doing the same sort of stuff. So Nebraska has every opportunity to match up. Now, will the offense match up again against a better deep playing defense, a more talented defense than they face? Uh, will the defensive line take advantage of this Oklahoma offensive line that's having an issue? And then can the defensive coordinator confuse a quarterback that is being called a game manager? Jay, what say you about the matchup of this Nebraska offense at 36 points a game and this Oklahoma defense that's carrying this program? Well, I think it's just whatever defense ends up playing well. I mean, you know, I, I, I generally like to focus in on what they do well and let's take it away. So I'm, I'm first of all, we got to, we, we, I'm not, I'm not down there, but I mean, like I say, the first thing we, we got to stop the run because, you know, at times we did it good last year, but then we let them get off on us and that kind of kept us from really taking mo the momentum of the game. That's number one. Then number two, we got to have two or three hats every time little Mims catches the ball. So then we wear him out. So then the third or fourth quarter, he gets a he gets a crucial drop and we cannot let him loose and we have to throw off the timing. And that's why when you ask me what will we do, which is a big thing to, that everybody does. And it's one of the things that Bobby Carpenter talked to, talked to me about what Ohio State has done with their kind of mix in of zone and matchup zone and how they've you know added some stuff where they reroute almost as much as possible you know what i'm saying because they know if they can throw off the timing even if a back is going out the backfield you'll see some defensive ends try to get you know a little wood on them to make the linebacker coverage a little bit better because if the coverage is just a second longer the pressure is there whether it sacks or hits on the quarterback or gets them off their spot so you know good number one is if he's a you know, a game manager, you want to make sure you get off on him early. Don't you want to take away his first read? You want to you want to make you don't want anything to be comfortable for for him. Um, and then you want to make sure that, that you're bringing the fight to the offensive line and the run game and you're rallying to the ball. I think one of the things when I watch Oklahoma, one thing that they've had, you know, a couple. I mean, missed tackles are going to happen, happen. So the way that they've kind of circumvent that is. The consistent speed to the ball, rallying to the ball. But it's the simplicity of their defense is which is allowing them to do it. You get what I'm saying? They're mm -hmm. not very complex. Mm -hmm. So they're they're able to kind of dictate one thing for them that's rallying to the football, and then they're expecting their defensive line to get, you know, bring the heat when they need to. So 
you know, there's nothing wrong with taking a little bit out of their page and using it against them. So I think that, it, you know, it's going to come down to a defensive game. I think our offense matches up really well against their defense. Um, and it's just going to come down to whoever, you know, plays better. I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't view that. I never viewed this game as a game that, oh man, this is a game that we, you know, we, you know, kind of let's, let's see how close we can keep, keep the game. No, I don't, yeah, I, Oklahoma's never been a team that, that I would think, even, you know, even like obviously last year, but never even, uh, especially this year, even with the situation of a interim, uh, that isn't really, never crossing my mind. We've got about two minutes left in the segment. Several textures have asked about 3-4 defense, especially with the talent uh, that exists and the boundaries uh, on this roster. What are your thoughts? Is this a is the 3-4 a viable option for this, this program? Uh, we, well, we're running a 3-4, and people, you know, if you're worried about all that, you know, they run a lot of four-man front because you're in some nickel a lot, you know. Um, so I don't at this point I really don't matter where I don't in, you know until they play 80 snaps of 3-4 defense it's really irrelevant. Now um you know in my opinion, you know, I've played in both, you know. And there's advantages and disadvantages to both. But at the end of the day, the great thing about it, you still got to play football. I've played in a regular, you know, base 3-4 where we were in a lot of odd front I played in a 3-4 where we ran a little bit of uh, a reduced front based on our personnel because we had Ted Washington and Pat Williams. I played in a 3-4 that was kind of along a Pittsburgh line that where you ran everything, odd, even, open, you know, um, a little uh, over front. It just kind of depends. So it's 4-3, you know, principles or looks with 3-4 personnel. Um, I do think, you know, maybe like if you, you know, Four or three teams can you can kind of add depth because you can since instead of having three defensive linemen in there you kind of multiply it because you go to two you know two d defensive tackles, which brings in adds your depth, and then also you can kind of keep some guys doing what they do best. I think they can fool around with it if they want because Caleb Tanner has I think has the flexibility to play like a Sam. Uh, four three linebacker actually dropping a coverage and still get right and still and then he then he has the flexibility to rush the passer or yeah. blitz and be yeah. the spy or whatever so <laughs> they can do whatever I mean it's just they just got to execute better so that they execute that's all that matters that's what I want to go into is the three four talk and the flex the flexibility that's allowed most big power five pro offensive programs hate to, to, to line up against folks when they don't know how they're going to line up or what personnel they're going to use we'll talk about that next with Jay Foreman when we come back. You're listening to Old School with DP and J. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. 